Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is failure. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up those knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this may or may not have come up amongst friends with a few drinks, <laughs> philosophically. I love it. But mostly it came up because we're heading towards New Year's and New Year's resolutions, mm. which often go hand in hand with all sorts of failure, yep. for better or for worse. Yep. So how do we handle when we don't succeed at things? We throw giant temper tantrums. Often, and- <laughs> yes. Even as adults. Even as adults. Failure is just a part of life, isn't it? I it mean, is. But everyone. we don't acknowledge it as such. We want to brush it under the rug and totally. pretend it doesn't exist. We really do. Especially, I think, in North American culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in other cultures as well. I'm just really aware. I can only speak to the one in which I live. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge in some ways that everyone fails. Theoretically, we like that. Sure. But when it comes down to the actual action of dealing with the fact that we messed up and we got it all wrong. It's not good. Mm -mm. It's not good in the work situation. It's not good in a home situation. It just never feels good. It doesn't feel good. And it's such a difficult thing, I think, to process. I don't know how many places teach people to fail well. No, I'm trying to process the comment of failing well. It's a new thing, though. And if you look at the big corporations that are doing like really creative, cutting edge stuff, okay. you'll see an entire culture around fail early, fail often. Okay. And what that is, is this idea of iteration of things that you try something and then it doesn't work and you try something again and you try something else and you try something else and you keep trying something else. And by all of those tries, all those iterations of an idea, after 99 of them have failed, you're going to find the one that is totally amazing and totally new and you have the next iPhone. Okay. Right. So corporate culture in some ways like Google or some of the other big giants, Mm -hmm. have done a different job around creative teams being told to fail early and fail often. Mm -hmm. That is kind of cool. Like it's a reclaiming of it. Go ahead and try the new hard thing. Try something completely different. Try something completely out of your comfort zone and find out how amazing you can be. Mm -hmm. And it's totally okay. And it's a different look on failure. I think of starting roller derby. So when I first started skating four years ago, I had no experience in that kind of skating, no experience in any of that stuff. I guess it was more than four years ago now, which is really weird to think of. (laughs) Time passes, my friend. like five and a half. Anyway, so when I started derby a long time ago, I was constantly falling, Mm -hmm. constantly falling to the point that one of my coaches bought me new wheels because he was tired of seeing me fall and he thought it was my wheels. But I advanced so fast fast. But did you see it at the time? Because I see my kids and if they're not good at something at the beginning, they lose the patience with the failing. Right. And it's so hard when learning to skate at the beginning when I wasn't afraid or ashamed of falling because I knew it was okay for me to be not good at it Uh because I had not done it before. So I knew I was going to be bad at it. And so it was totally okay to fail in that sense. It Mm -hmm. was okay to not get it right. 
I learned and I went forward in leaps and bounds. But then as soon as I became like the more seasoned person Uh and new people were coming in and I was supposed to be better at it, I stopped letting myself take the risks and I stopped falling. And even now going back and when I try things, I don't push myself so hard that I fall. No, because it's scary to put yourself out there. And it hurts. Like it literally physically hurts Mm -hmm. now that I'm five years older and my knees have taken a beating from Derby. It actually physically hurts to fail. And so not only is it the emotional embarrassment of failing, it's the physical punishment of failing. And then at the same time, though, I'm not growing as a skater. No. I'm not getting better at it. The buzzword with failure then is resiliency, right? Mm -hmm. We want our kids and our students to learn better resiliency. And we wonder whether or not students have developed any resiliency to failure because they give up quickly because it feels really bad. Mm -hmm. And I think our culture right now has such high consequences for failure. There's such a publicness. Yes, there is. Right. So a student fails at choosing the coolest outfit and they get Snapchatted. And their failure gets broadcast all over school, and they're the butt of the joke for the day. Oh, or longer. Or longer, right? And that kind of punishment for failing at meeting cultural expectation, I think it's not that students and kids today don't have resiliency. I think that the ramifications of a failure now are so high, so fast, that it's terrifying to risk failing. Well, and there's so much information out there that I think there's also a set of impatience that we have. At least I know I have as a parent. Mm -hmm. It's like, why are you failing at something that should be common sense or obvious? Sure. And sometimes I'm sad at myself and my failure for my patience. Sure. With those around me. Sure, absolutely. One of the pieces of having so much information available and the expectation that those around us can find that information and why can't they just put 10 seconds worth of effort into it? Exactly. Right, that kind of part of us. I think you've said it best to me in terms of a place of grace. Give some grace. And that phrase has come to be a dual meaning for me in terms Mm. of give patience and give some space. Mm -hmm. It's hard though. Oh, yeah. It's hard to offer, and it's really hard to offer ourselves, too. It's hard to offer to our kids or to our spouses. Maybe that's one of the really hard ones, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like to give it to our peers, that space of grace and that room for things to be harder for other people than that particular area is for us or for people to fail in an area where we're good at, Mm -hmm. to give them room. And then when we come up against our own failure, when we come up against our own hard heart, for example, or when we come up against our own inability to do something at a scale or an effectiveness that we would want to do it, to give ourselves that space of grace, to give ourselves that room to still have more to learn and to figure out. It's terribly, terribly difficult. Oh, yeah. Especially when you see somebody do the same thing over and over and they keep failing, Mm. they're not changing anything, Mm -hmm. to watch them go through that process and know yourself nothing is going to change. There is no amount of patience that I have 
that can help me give grace to that person. Yeah, no, that's it's really so hard. frustrating. I don't remember when it was that I thought about this, or if I had heard this from someone else in the world, and if I did hear it from someone else in the world, thanks be for that. But the whole idea that every single day God has to watch the loved children of God running headlong at the brick wall mm-hmm. and knows exactly what is coming. And it's what you were saying, watching someone you love run towards the brick wall and you, you want desperately to stop them from mm-hmm. hitting that brick wall. If they've hit it five times already, you really want to stop them mm-hmm. <laughs> from hitting that brick wall, but there's nothing you can do about it. And as human beings, we can walk away from each other. Like eventually you get to a point where maybe you just walk away and you say, I can no longer watch you hit this brick wall. Mm -hmm. It's not helpful to you and it's now damaging to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to walk away from this. The amazing thing that I came to a realization about is that God never walks away from that. Mm -hmm. That is where God is God. (laughs) For me, for lack of a better, right. Where God is fully divine and I am not, but human, you know, and in that I have no idea how God's heart is big enough and God's love is big enough to stay and to watch this whole creation every day, keep destroying itself over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And God still shows up because I don't have that capacity. Like I walk away. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it takes a while, but eventually I'll walk away from that self-destruction. I can't stay. And God does. That is one of those things that that is part of what grace is for me. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of grace is for me is that God has that capacity to stay with us in our greatest failures and in our worst and most horrific moments and still offer love and still see us as created in powerful and wonderful ways. But not going to solve it for you. Nope. Not going to solve it. Not going to fix it. We have free will. Mm -hmm. That's the other piece that goes with this, right? Is that we have inherently been given free will, which means that if we want to make nuclear bombs and destroy one another, we get to do that because we have free will. Do I think that God wants that to happen? No, I think God sees that as a moral failure. And that that goes against everything that we read in our scriptures and everything that has to do with the divine. And if we didn't have free will, we couldn't be in relationship with God by choice. Mm -hmm. And God wants relationship, genuine relationship. And so because of that, we have these places where we can totally fail. In some places, this failure, this missing the mark, this getting it wrong is called sin. (laughs) In many places, it's (laughs) called sin. But that word is really hard and comes with so much other baggage to it that it's hard to come into the conversation saying, we're going to talk about sin. But failure, Mm -hmm. when we get things wrong, and not like I failed to sweep the floor, but like failure, like really getting it wrong. Mm Mm-hmm not prioritizing life correctly so that the good things are what get done, but instead these superfluous things get done instead. 
Those are the kinds of things that we're talking about. It's hard. Failure is so hard. It's so disappointing. And learning how to hold that grace for ourselves is so hard. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to bring this back around to faith, we've already talked a little bit about grace, and we've already touched on sin. But I'm guessing there are some examples of failure in the Bible. And as I say that, I know that there are examples of failure in the Bible because anybody who sat through a reading in church on Sunday about most of them seemed to be about somebody failing at something. Yeah. Can you think of some that come to your mind right off? Well, when you talk about the idols that the people made in the desert and you're not supposed to worship false gods, that's a pretty big failure. Yeah. And other failures of character. Right. So we have, I mean, Job kind of a failure because he didn't want to do what they wanted him to do. Sure. Totally. But he kind of got forced into doing it anyway. And then he sat like a petulant child and pouted the entire time when, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you could say there was absolutely a failure of character there. He couldn't rejoice with God that the people had been saved Mm -hmm. and failures of people to take care of other people, mm-hmm. failures of the religious leaders to recognize God in their midst. If we want to talk about Jesus, there's lots of failure. An easy one that comes to mind is the failure of King David to mm-hmm. be a morally upright human being, mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead one who is covetous, you know, that he, he saw something he wanted and he took it. And he completely he ignored. He and he ignored that that was a human being. Exactly. Right. Right down to Judas. I mean, you can look at yeah. Judas as a failure. Yeah. So it's all over our scripture, mm-hmm. and I think that's because part of being created as human beings with free will, that we're going to choose things that do not build up. We're going to do things that don't make the world a better place. And we're going to have a really steep learning curve on some things. Like sometimes failure isn't just a moral failure or an ethical failure. Sometimes failure is learning curve. Oh, definitely. And that's just as hard sometimes to try something new and to have to try making lace for the first time when knitting and having to tink back five rows, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the beauty of yarn, as your example, though, is you can go back and try again and turn it into something beautiful. The hard part for me is, as a parent, watching my kids fail Mm -hmm. is excruciating. Yeah. Because they know that I can help them, but if I help them, then they're not necessarily going to learn what they need to learn. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? So then we're both unhappy with the situation. And that brings me back to my recognition of how amazing God is then. Mm -hmm. That God still gives us free will. Because as parents, sometimes then what do we do? We like take their free will away. (laughs) Like, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. And we we remove that. And instead, God reacts by like giving us free will. I don't know how God does that. And you're right. I think the most excruciating thing is watching someone you love make mistakes that have significant ramifications for their lives Mm -hmm. and not stopping them because if you stop them, then they won't ever learn. They won't ever reiterate into that next great iPhone, right? They're not going to know that they can fall and get back up. 
Well, and you hope that they learn some of those lessons younger when the repercussions aren't as great. Absolutely. Learn the lesson young. Yeah. Which is the hard part now. At my age, I give myself less grace to make mistakes because I feel like I should know better. (laughs) I am of the age. This is not my first rodeo with most of this stuff. And yet I still fail repeatedly. Exactly. And we hold ourselves to these expectations that are so unfair, especially, I think, as we get older. Oh, yes. But then again, the expectations that young folks today are seeing every day because of social media, they have really unfair expectations of themselves as well. So our culture just sets us up to really hate failure Mm -hmm. and to have ways to fail around every single corner. And the ramifications of it are substantial. Now, the benefit to the culture of that is, is that if we buy enough things and we participate enough in the economy, in the global market, then of course... All will be well. All will be well. So the more our failure is pointed out to us and the more we see that we are lacking in things, then the more we'll need to buy the latest gadget that's going to make us better at things and going to make it so that we won't fail next time. Right. And so it's this horrible trap that our failure feeds our culture and our culture feeds our failure. Mm -hmm. The only way to break that cycle is to understand that failure is a part of learning. Failure is a part of living life and living in this world and that the peace and the thing that is going to get us past that failure is knowing and choosing to believe that we are enough, that God has created us enough. That sounds harder than failing, (laughs) honestly. Your eyes just got so big, too. Your eyes got, like, really big and really scared, which is honest, Uh right? Like, how do we come to believe that we are enough? I don't know. I think of Brene Brown's work. And her amazing work around vulnerability and remaining present and all of those kinds of pieces that help us move into our enoughness, right? And I think that 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 is really hard to believe. Mm -hmm. That is really hard to hold on to. And yet, Mm -hmm. God made us enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hand in hand with that is something that I try to not only teach my children, but remember myself. And it was something I read a long time ago, but it's essentially owning your mistake, acknowledging that you made it, and telling those around, I'm going to move on. I Mm -hmm. am going to learn from this, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to move on. But I think there's a certain amount of acknowledging what you've done and owning it that can help you move past it. Yeah. I agree with you. And I think that that kind of work is really well done within a communal setting. Okay. Well, it leads us right into next week. So this is, this is really does part one of two kind of a podcast this week. We're talking about failure or sin. And next week we're going to talk about confession and forgiveness. And I think that what you're saying about that accountability of our failure and being able to own it and In some ways, when we seek to apologize for it, I think we could do a whole podcast on the word sorry in our culture right now. Oh, yes. So there's a whole side about apologizing and finding a way to hold accountability there. 
And there's another way of recognizing our failure and speaking it with someone else, hearing a word of forgiveness, hearing a word of God's grace, and then finding that way to move forward and reiterate and recreate yourself. Mm -hmm. And that really is part of what the purpose of confession and forgiveness is. Mm -hmm. Which we'll definitely get into next week. Absolutely. Not to give you a cliffhanger or anything. (laughs) I mean, this week as we're headed towards New Year's, people are like, yeah, I'm going to party it up. So some of you might be wrestling with that next day after New Year's Eve. Oh, yes. The failure feelings. So this week we wanted to say, hey, it's going to happen. It's part of life. And hold yourself in that space of grace. Give yourself a little bit of room. And then next week we'll talk about accountability and how to move forward from that. Does that sound like about right on where we're going with things? fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so last question. Do you have an example from this past year of something failing spectacularly for good or for ill? (laughs) A spectacular failure from 2017. I mean, there are lots of things out there, depending on what route you want to go. (laughs) Oh... So the personal failure that always sits heaviest on my heart, where I have to hold myself in a place of grace and I don't do it well, for me, I'm hedging, right? So you can see, this is something like, for me, I really struggle with. You could have just gone for a box office bomb, my friend. I could have, but I'm giving y'all an example. Like, failure is everybody and Mm -hmm. failure is hard and it's hard to say it out loud. And I would say this is a failure that I often feel. The people that I didn't get to visit... Oh, sure. The visitations that either were canceled or were misscheduled or I thought of them, but 15 other things came up before I got them on the schedule and then it didn't happen and then it got awkward and then I don't know how to do it. And so every visit that I didn't do Uh weighs on me and is my own thing to figure out how to manage that. But probably more than anything else, that's what weighs on my heart as my own personal failure piece. And not that anyone needs to fix that and not that anyone needs to take care of me in that. That is simply my example Mm -hmm. of missing the mark and not getting things done. Yeah. And knowing that because of life, that's kind of always going to be the way. Absolutely. You miss some, you hit some. And that's just what it is. And you can't fit everything in and you can't do all the things, right? So that space of grace has to be given. And we'll talk next week around what it means. How do we go into confession and forgiveness? Recognize our mistakes, recognize our failure, and then move forward from them. And then maybe the week after that, we can talk about sorry and apologies. That sounds excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about failure. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And blessings to all of you as we head into this new year for 2018. It has been wonderful to have you along with us. We celebrated our 100th podcast. It's been great fun, and we're heading towards our two-year anniversary coming up in February. So we would love to hear from you. If you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a review, and we would always enjoy hearing from you on Facebook or via email at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, be gentle with yourselves in your failures, and remember, God loves you no matter what. <laughs>